Hello and welcome to Select Match Type. I'm Simon Cowgill, joined as always by Christopher Ellis. Hi Chris, how are you? I'm very well, Simon. Thank you, yourself? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. I'm looking forward to the first ever Hell in a Cell match that we're going to cover. So yeah, we are going back to 1997 to Bad Blood. Uh, don't know why Bad Blood is spelt wrong. Why has it got two Ds? Because um, we're still in the age of DX and puppies and they've gone double D. Right, I sit. I've no idea. I've literally, literally no idea. The only way that the only way that would be correct is if they'd like Sable with her tits out and they just drawn the two Ds on them. Possibly. But, well, if, when you search for Bad Blood, uh, if you spell it correctly, every other pay per view comes up apart from the In Your House from '97. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really understand why they've decided to get it right for everyone apart from this. But yeah, we're going. Maybe they just. Did... <laughs> Sorry, go <ahead. laughs> So I was going to say, maybe they did, didn't have the co- the the copy checked, and then they just put it out, and then someone corrected them afterwards. They're like, "Oh, what do we do? Do we change? Do we look stupid and just all the way through, and just change and just keep it as double D? Maybe. Or do we word... change it and just ignore the fact we got it wrong the first time? Maybe the word bad was trademarked in 1997, so they had to tweak it slightly so that they could get away with it. That's possible. Yeah, maybe maybe Michael Jackson had bad actually <laughs> trademarked. Possibly. Uh, so yeah, we're going back to Bad Blood 1997. We're going to watch Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. Um, what do you remember about this one then, Chris? Not, not a great deal, to be honest. I remember I remember the match going on, but this is a weird kind of wrestling lull, as, as we all have, between me being roundabout, between 13... 14 heavily into wrestling and then suddenly starting finding pubs and drinking and things <laughs> like that and wrestling coming a distant distant second yeah makes sense uh, i wasn't watching at the time but i know the story from subsequent um subsequently going back and watching this um it's Obviously, in the this is the the pay per view before the Montreal screw job, so there's a lot of focus on Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, uh, particularly backstage at this point in time. But there's also Michaels continually costing Undertaker the title from Bret Hart, who's champion, um, and he's being helped by a currently unnamed stable uh, of Triple H, Rick Rude, and China. Um, so yeah, they're they're teeing up for DX to start in the in the coming months yeah it's a it's a weird one because obviously Shawn Michaels at the time European champion which takes a lot really 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 weird takes a lot of getting used to to see yeah see that again as well so Bulldog was European champion but they had um, a show in Britain which was like the first show that had been on pay-per-view in Britain for since um, SummerSlam 92 and it was um, basically all built up as the bulldog. They um, talked about how his sister had overcome um, it was cancer or leukemia, some like life-threatening illness. Um, and then to end the show, they had Michaels go over with the help of um, Triple H and Rick Rude, and it was basically a sleeper uh, that that got a stoppage. So a more depressing way to for bulldog to lose, you will not find. <laughs> No, that's that's the way to really be flat at the end of a pay per view, isn't it? Yeah, it's like not even have that big pop. Just yeah, sleeper, the dullest. <laughs> there's no, there's nothing duller than a a free a free hand drop and a stoppage. No, and the crowd just slowly uh, start to realise, oh, he's he's not going to win. It's 
it's just going to end. <laughs> so people just start leaving even before it. But yeah, uh, the other storyline going into this one. So the Undertaker was accidentally hit by a fireball by Paul Bearer. Um, and it turned out that he'd done it on purpose. And he told him that it was like a fire in the funeral home when he was a kid. Uh, but your brother survived and Kane will be coming at some point. Um, I thought they did, played this quite well because this was, that was months before this um, and basically Kane references had completely disappeared in the build-up to the pay-per-view. So everyone knew that Kane would be coming at some point, but I don't think it was... No, they didn't want to telegraph it and yeah. have people, yeah, people being, with it obvious being Hell in the Cell and Michael's really, the way the match goes... He, Although he gets, we'll, we'll cover it, but everyone assumes that Michaels have no chance against The Undertaker in Hell in a Cell. So you don't want to telegraph it and have weeks of Kane's coming build-up. Yeah. But then again, you don't want to have some random wrestler just turn about absolutely nowhere. <laughs> yeah, true. And th- this one, so th- as you say, it's a Hell in a Cell match. It's been set up as a number one contenders match for the Survivor Series. Um, and it, the Hell in a Cell is basically to ensure that nobody could help Michaels. Um which is why the the cell has been created, and as JR says, it's a cage with a roof. <laughs> so that's just a cage. Yeah. Um, one thing that overshadows the uh, the match in the pay per view. So Brian Pillman was found dead in the afternoon of the show, um, and it basically leaves a bit of a shadow over the the whole event. Um, it's interesting that Vince McMahon is very keen not to commit to. Um, laying on the the tributes uh, too thick for Pillman just in case um, it turns out that there's anything untoward that's happened. If only he'd done that throughout his life, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, it's an odd decision to... Obviously, this, this was back in the day. It's not like we had Twitter and stuff back then where everyone knew that Pillman was dead and what happened. So it's weird they even confronted rumours all they could have easily gone through the whole pay-per-view and just not referenced it yeah exactly they they keep saying oh well we'll update you when we've got an update and then they just keep updating with well, we still haven't got an update well just save it then yeah it's just it's an odd one i think yeah it's i don't know why why they chose to try to get ahead of it and actually do those announcements when they could have just left it and gone to raw or whatever the next night yeah I, I guess it does add some context to the fact that a few of the wrestlers look very emotional and, and drained. So it, it does give an explanation for that. But um, yeah, I, did, I didn't particularly like the way it was handled, but I'm not sure what what I would have done. It's easy for for us to say that now, but... Um, yeah, as you say, there's, this, it's, you'd, there's no easy way to handle it, is there, I suppose? So there's no right or wrong way. You do what you can. No. So to the to the match itself, so we've got Vince, JR and the King on commentary. Uh, the cell starts being lowered and Vince points out that he thinks it's going to spell the demise of um, Triple A, uh, sorry, of Shawn Michaels. And JR, don't be mistaken, this isn't a cage match. It's a hell in a cell. It's got a roof on it. Once you get, on, uh, once you get in, there's nowhere to run. Um, King, ordinary, ordinarily people in cells like this uh, are making license plates or waiting for the parole board to meet. I thought that was a brilliant line. Yeah, Lola's actually really good. I know we've, we've praised him two weeks in a row. <laughs> but he's, he's actually, when he's, when he's got two 
when he's when he's not focused on puppies and he actually focuses on the job and the wrestling yeah. and being the heel commentator. He's actually he's actually really good. So I say I know we give him a lot of stick, fair fairly enough because at times he's awful. Yeah, but I have to give props for Lawler's performance over this one. Yeah, he's very good. Um, and then Vince says, "Let's go back to Michael Cole." Uh, Dr. Hendricks, are you there? <laughs> Someone's getting fired for telling him that Michael Cole was uh, waiting with the microphone when it wasn't him. Doc Hendricks, legend. <laughs> so then we get a Shawn Michaels promo with uh, the unnamed stable, obviously DX. Um, he says that it's good news that his coveted European title isn't on the line. Phew. It's absolutely burying the title that he uh, went over in such an odd way like not that long ago. He literally just doesn't care. And if you were Shawn Michaels, why would you? The fact you've got the European title on you is just ridiculous. But then, again, he's being played up as this arrogant dick. So burying the title and acting like that isn't out of character for him at this point. No. Um, he does go on to just give the title to Triple H. Um, so, yeah, clearly he doesn't really care about the title. He just wanted to beat the Bulldog in, in Manchester. <laughs> Oh no, Birmingham, sorry, it was Birmingham. Um, it annoyed me a bit here how um, Michaels was casual and he just doesn't really sell the sell the cell at all. Like it yeah, I, I thought he could have made a, a better job of um, being concerned with the fact that he's gonna be locked in with the Undertaker, but as you say, I guess it plays in with his arrogant heel persona. Um, to end that segment as well, Triple H get grabs the microphone and the camera just cuts away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you notice just that? Just no. Yeah, it's like, no, we don't, we're not hearing from you. That's what, maybe that's what it is. Maybe this is now why Triple H is the way he is. If they give him that two minutes then, maybe we wouldn't have an hour and a half Triple H headline matches. <laughs> well, he's worried about it being edited out, so he's, he just wants to make sure they've got enough so that they can pick and choose what they want now. Yeah, true. But, yeah, it's an odd, it's an odd one. Like, but then again, the production quality for the in, the in your house events and these kind of events back in the day was never was never exactly stellar. No, and I think that's shown by the the promo package that we then get. So Michael Cole is voicing over um, clips of Shawn Michaels, and they play up that uh, Michaels is just stirring the pot. He's not really a bad guy, but then to um, sort of make that point, he says, "I'll probably not do the right thing." So you are a bad person then. <laughs> it's it's very mixed messaging. Oh, I'm not really a bad guy, but I actually will not do uh, the, the right thing. Old school pay, old school promos with just a voiceover. Yeah. Michael's hit the Undertaker with a chair. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, the production values just aren't great for this one. Um, they are essentially playing up that Michael's has changed his personality and his outlook. You wonder whether this is all a sort of lead lead into Survivor Series, but again, maybe we're giving Vince too much credit for the foresight with that one. Yeah, I, I mean, with the production colleagues, just side up, I mean, the in, in your house events, they were just crammed in as pay-per-views to get as much money out of the public as possible. Yeah. It wasn't like they were, it wasn't like, I mean, I know, I know obviously this is a classic match that we're covering, but there's every chance it were going to be, and the world champions in a tag team match on this pay-per-view. Not just a tag team match, a tag team flag match. <laughs> so it's not, like, it's not like they they were, yeah. So the in your house events were not 
not amazing. No. No. Having said that, NXT have just brought um, In Your House back and it was very well received. Um, that's because that's because it's NXT. Yeah, true. Um, we then get Commissioner Slaughter checking under the ring, probably looking for some valour that he can take. Um, oh. the, the commentators... <laughs> um, are asking if he uh, if he thinks that someone's hidden under the ring. Um, it's, it's a bit odd because they do it for like five minutes with him looking under the ring with a, um, a torch and stuff. Like, what are the crowd thinking while this is going on? Well, I mean, we, don't forget we had WrestleMania 9 when Doit came out from under the ring against Crush. Or did you forget this second Doink? So... I can understand. They have to be they have to be concerned over these things. Check under the ring properly. And I suppose I suppose it throws the viewers off as well and the crowd there. Can you go, right, okay, so we're not having anyone come out under the ring. So that's that's out. So that we got rid of that possibility of someone being in, interfering. Yeah, that's true. I didn't really think of that. Um so Michaels comes out first with China, Triple H and then Rick Rude's lagging behind a little bit. They play up that he's the insurance policy. I think his character here is insurance salesman. Which yeah. It's a bit odd. I think the fact is because he's he's so far lagging behind his back's foot by this point. Yeah, true. Sold too many atomic drops over the over the years, uh, so he can't keep up with people now. It's really weird that Rick Rude come out and just not reference him. It's like it's Rick we've we've I don't think we've had him turn up in any of our matches so far. But no, Rick, Rick Rude was a one of the absolutely brilliant heel. Again, one of the people that when I used to watch him, I genuinely disliked him and that shows just how good he is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we uh, one of the Survivor series matches we covered had him in, but uh, yeah, he's not featured prominently so far. That's for sure. Um, so Michaels co- comes into the ring, gets his pyro, uh, but his music restarts. Your entrance is too long if your uh, music restarts completely. Yeah, especially cause, especially because it never rolls back in. It's not like it's on a loop. No, it's just like you have that gap, you have that gap when the music stops and then re- and it restarts. And then Sherry, ah, 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 ah. it doesn't work. You need, you need to get it. Yeah, as you say, you need to have a point where it loops back in, but it just doesn't. Um, JR points out that it's only the second meeting ever between the two. They just go on to have quite a few more, as you can uh, probably imagine. Um, and Vince says that the cage is now um, now being lowered. They keep referring to it as a cage. Um, sure, I don't think that WWF do a, a great job of selling the fact that it's a Hell in a Cell match and it's different from a cage yeah, I mean, when, it's weird because once the match starts within the first 30 seconds we have Lawler and JR both say hell, hell in a cell so they both use cell so I'm not sure why they've then been completely unable to use that word before the match starts no it, it is odd um, so as the, the cage the cage I'm doing it now as the cell gets lowered uh, the, the rest of um, Shawn Michaels' entourage leaves him in the ring and this is the point where Michaels starts to look a bit concerned. Where was this earlier? This this is exactly what people would have tuned in more for, I would think. Again, I, I, I kind of think that works. So I kind of think you have that bravado and stuff backstage yeah. with the... Uh, with the with the with the rest of your entourage around you, and yeah, you might suddenly get worried when you realise you're in a in a cage with the Undertaker on your own. Yeah. 
So the Undertaker comes out. We thought that uh, Michael's entrance was long, but anyone that's ever seen an Undertaker match when he's playing the dead man knows how long his entrance can go on for. Um, he raises the lights from the steps in his usual way, and the thunder crackles. Um, the pad, the door gets padlocked, and now Michael's, as you say, is is very concerned. Um, Michael's goes straight outside to try and um, find a way way out, and Undertaker follows him. And it's a pretty dominant start from the Undertaker. It's a huge big boot. Um, and then the, the commentary team talk about why this match is happening. So Vince claims that Michael's got himself into it. <laughs> the King says, so why is he pointing at you, Vince McMahon? Um, and, Vince says, <laughs> and Vince says, everything's my fault these days. Don't worry, it'll get worse in about a month's time, Vince. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true, yeah. I didn't even think about that at the time. Um, Michaels does a great job of making Undertaker look like a, a monster here, um, selling like a pro. Um, Undertaker works over the arm, goes for old school, uh, but it's not called old school at this at this point. Did it even have a move? The climb the ropes and is it yeah, that's sure vintage you Undertaker if uh, Michael calls on commentary. <laughs> that's that's it. I'm not even sure what you call yeah when you say old, when you wouldn't have it as old school. Just have yeah. I'm not even sure what they call it. It's weird to go. You can't go Undertaker going to school. Yeah, it sort of uh, takes away from his character somewhat. <laughs> oh, he's still in school, is he? Right. Yeah. Um, Michaels carries on selling for a long time to start this one off. So there's a big backdrop, and um, Shawn Michaels' feet hit the hit the roof, as JL points out, um, which shows the sort of height that he gets on it. Because um, yeah, as he says, the, the, his feet clip the top of the cell um, as he goes into the air. There's a chat, a little chant um, as Michaels goes to the outside of make him bleed, which... Um... Oh, there, there, there are loads of, ch- there are loads of chants. I've got the, there's, there's three that I heard. Okay. I've mean, got the make him bleed. Right, there's, there's make him bleed. There's, there's someone shouting blood for blood, which is great. Because <laughs> it makes, makes me think of the Simpsons episode with blood for cream. I, I um, did not hear that, but yeah, great Simpsons reference as always. <laughs> yeah, and then there's someone who goes to the complete extreme of kill him. Kill him, right. Jesus. Kill him. Again, I, I missed that one. The only one I picked up on was make him bleed <laughs> as uh, Michael gets thrown to the outside. Kill, kill him. Someone is so into it, they don't just want them to take it away. They're like, no, no, I want the other man dead. It's weird, though, because, as we said a few times, this is the first Hell in a Cell match, so there's no sort of precedent for um, how violent it will be. So they're they're literally just expecting The Undertaker, because he can get his hands on Michaels, to kill him. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, they they expect the WWE to take a weird turn. I'm sure this... Turn to horror halfway through uh, a pay-per-view, but... They'd be disgusted today now we've got PG. Yeah, 100%. Um, so Michaels is being choked up against the the, uh, the cell by the Undertaker, manages to get an eye rake and then climbs up the inside of the cell, which I thought was great, uh, but gets dragged off and thrown into the ring post. Um, JR says there's probably some idiot at home saying he knows how to fall. <laughs> I think that's a good indication that WWF are moving towards 
a kayfabe free world essentially yeah true because but as ever they're going along the lines of oh yeah well we know it's we know it's fake they know they're full because it's not that far down the line we get we get all the uh obviously we still get all the don't try to sit home kind of stuff and it's yeah. very much the yeah well, they're, they're trained but it doesn't matter if you know how to fall when you fall three four three four off a ladder it's gonna hurt. yeah yeah definitely Undertaker then whips him into the cage um, and clotheslines him a few times. It's quite um, slow, dominant offense at this point. Um, gets him in the powerbomb position. Um, looks like he's going to powerbomb into the cage. Um, Michaels then punches him a couple of times, but uh, he does get thrown into the cage in the end. Um, Vince McMahon points out, it's not a good night if you're a Shawn Michaels fan. I completely disagree with that because this is Shawn Michaels at his absolute best, making guys look huge and dominant because he's the best seller in history yeah he, he, he does his selling job here is absolutely brilliant he just undertaker just looks absolutely huge and just unstoppable yeah and it's um so we've talked about previously where Shawn michaels completely oversold for hogan in 2005 and he, he is overselling but it's it's not taken away from Undertaker in the same way that it buried um, Hulk Hogan. It's actually telling a story here. So, yeah, I, I think um, it is a great night to be a Shawn Michaels fan. Yeah, I agree with you. I'll tell you what isn't, isn't, a, isn't a great night for. We have, a, we have a moment here where Undertaker starts throwing hooks into Shawn Michaels' body. Yeah. And that's fine. That's fine, because normally they look huge. When you're in a cage... Don't get a cameraman to do a close-up of it so you can see Undertaker just slapping Michaels across the stomach. No. it's um, so In the previous episode, we talked about how good the camera work was at sort of hiding um, hiding the secrets of wrestling, if you like, but they, they don't do a great job of that here. Just, I mean, yeah. They, they look, they look great. When they pan away, they look great, the jabs, the shots to the body. Yeah, when you see it close, you go, oh, oh just slapping him. Yeah. Um, so, as you say, Undertaker continues to dominate big punches, big kicks. He then bounces Shawn Michaels off um, off the post, then the cell, then the post, then the cell. Um, it's, it's pretty one-sided, this one, so far. Um, Michaels gets a slight comeback as the Undertaker misses um, with a, a shoulder barge and goes into the cell. Uh, that ends quite quickly, though, as he gets slingshotted onto the ropes. Um, but... As as that happens, Undertaker um, is on the apron and Shawn Michaels bounces him off into the cell, um, then hits a suicide dive um, bet- between the ropes up to the outside. That is a dangerous spot when you've got about four and a half feet between the ring and the cell. Yeah, yeah if, you, if you get that one wrong, you're just in pain. You're just, your neck is meeting that cage and there's not a lot giving it. Yeah. Michaels then climbs up the inside of the cell and hits an elbow drop. Again, just so innovative in these sorts of matches. Uh, uses the steps and then p- hits a pile driver onto the bottom step, which sounded brutal. Um, I the understand steps that, that they're, they're not like 400-pound steps, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that uh, Dora was saying what, they, weigh, they weigh at least 200 pounds, 150 pounds. Yeah. No, no, they don't. I mean, they must weigh something because for him to be uh, to take a pile driver on top of them, if they were like nothing, his head would have just gone through them essentially. But... No, the, ba- the the base I imagine does. I imagine the base is fairly so- solid, but the actual step on top where you step into the ring, 
yeah. and it's just one thin sheet. No, they they write about. I don't know. I imagine, I imagine if if we just had a combined weight run trying to stack fifteen of them together, I imagine we could probably lift eight or nine, ten of them without too much difficulty. Fair enough. I'd like to see that. I'm not sure how it would be <laughs> I'm not sure possible. But... That's what I said. I'm going to get a stack. It'll be great. It'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. We'll get Jeff Hardy to jump off the top of it under someone. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, Michael swears at the cameraman. Um, uh, almost frustrated that they're getting in the way. Uh, we'll come back to that. Um, they go back into the ring. Michaels uh, gets a chair and hits it over the back of the Undertaker. It's weird. the the chairs they use at this point look like they're, they're not um, they don't look like wrestling chairs. They look more like the sort of ones that you get in I don't know like a a school production or something like that. Yeah, they got that kind of weird. Often they've got that kind of padding. They got that weird padding on them, so they do look just kind of like emergency office chairs and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, as um, Michaels is hitting The Undertaker with the chair, JR comes up with the line, he's the chairman of the board, um, and and then goes on to say, he's hit a high concussion blow to the spine. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did I did wonder, to be honest there. I wasn't sure. Because when he said concussion, I was like, can, can you concuss the spine? I don't, know. I don't know. I was like, can you concuss the spine? No? Compress, uh, maybe? Compress, yeah. I've, it, I think at this point it just goes to show how little understanding uh, the wrestling world had about concussions. That's, prob- that's probably it, isn't it? Yeah. He's like, oh my god, he's, yeah, he's here across the bat. That's going to be a, a two minute concussion foul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so. Michaels goes for the pin, but Undertaker kicks out. Um, Undertaker has a bit of a comeback with some punches, uh, but then Michaels ties his arms up in the ropes. Michaels works over him for a a minute or two um, with some punches. I don't know why he doesn't just grab the chair and actually, like, in kayfabe, now would be the perfect opportunity to get that chair. Yeah, exactly. Now would would be the time. And hit an actual concussion. Sorry, high concussion blow. Whatever that means. (laughs) Um... Undertaker manages to escape and backdrops Michaels over the top of the rope into the cameraman. Um, Michaels is furious that the cameraman breaks his fall for some reason. And I say, I'm not even, not even into, literally on top of, on top of the poor yeah. dude standing there. Um, so Michaels is fuming and decides he's going to take his frustrations out on the uh, on the cameraman. Uh, works him over, picks him up, calls him a stupid son of a bitch, and then lays him out. Um, Vince McMahon, in his very commentary, commentary voice, just says, well, we, we apologise to the family of that cameraman. He's not dead, Vince. <laughs> if you're going to apologise to the family of anyone today, maybe the person that has died in the, in the build-up to this. And also, we knew this is, you knew this is going to happen. <laughs> no, it's like, just, just leave it up if you're going to comment on it at all, which you probably should since Sean Michaels just attacked him, you should probably just sell it all of, oh my God, he's attacked this cameraman. Play up the, Don't just sit there deadpanning right, it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they go back into the ring. Michaels hits the flying forearm and the nip up. Uh, Vince points out that this is showing Sean's arrogance once again. 
Um, I don't think that's necessarily the case. Um, he then goes up top for the elbow drop and JR talks about how no one has ever done the elbow drop better. Do you prefer the, the Michaels elbow drop or the Randy Savage elbow drop, Chris? Or the CM Punk? Oh, they're, they're, all, they're all good, but I think you've got to go with the original. You've got to go with Randy Savage. Yeah. I think a, an honourable mention to Kyrie Zane, who seems to somehow float in midair while she's doing the uh, the elbow. But I, I think it's a, a, a press to say that um, Shawn Michaels has the best elbow drop of all time. He's quite good at it, but it's not even like his his finisher, is it? So, yeah. No, exactly. That's that's why I feel feel you can't have that and go. Oh, that's the best one. Best one ever. You just disrespected and disregarded all, the, all that's come before it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter then comes out, um, opens the door to help the cameraman out. Again, he's probably got some something that he can steal in his pockets or something, so Slaughter's seen his opportunity. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, in the ring, Shawn Michaels is tuning up the band, hits the sweet gym music, but Undertaker no-sells it and sits up immediately. Um, so Sean decides to run out of the cell, um, but Vince again calls it a cage over and over and over. Uh, Taker then catapults Michaels into it, and we get blood for the first time in the match, which blood for blood, as uh, as the guy in the crowd pointed out. Yeah, he was. He's, he's clearly deliciously happy at this point. He shut up, so we can't hear him. Clearly, he's, he's, he's gone home. He's got what he wanted. And to be fair, it's not even a little bit of blood. Sean Michaels is absolutely gushing or gushing well, straight as soon as blood starts bleeding. We've seen it before. Uh, Michaels is is a very good bleeder. <laughs> Which, out of context, if we if you don't understand anything about wrestling, is a very strange thing to say. <laughs> yes, I, I like the way he bleeds. Yeah. Uh, Undertaker gets Michaels onto, onto his shoulder and uses him as a battering ram into the cage over and over again. This is something that I've never particularly uh, liked about commentary, but JR says he's uh, using him like a javelin. That is not what a javelin is used for. Like <laughs> no, true. The, the Olympics would be a completely different event if someone just starts sprinting towards, towards a crowd or towards a wall with a, a male pole in their hands. Yeah, but it, it seems to um, be quite widely accepted as a, a bit of commentary that someone on a shoulder is a javelin. If if they launch no. them like eighty meters, then then it would be a javelin. <laughs> That'd be great. That's what that's what we need. Just ends up in, next... on rose in rosette. <laughs> you could do it. It's pretty tightly packed. I was, when I looked, when you see the the cages, pretty pretty much right next to the front row. Yeah, it is. There's not a lot of room. No, true. Um, Michaels then hits uh, a low blow for a comeback. Um, Vince points out that it's a kick to the groin area. Which sounds very much like football to the groin. Again, another back in the Simpsons references. Yeah. Um, Michaels then climbs the cell. They go up on top. Um, Undertaker goes after him. Michaels goes for a pile driver, gets reversed into a backdrop. And at this point, even though I know it doesn't happen, I was convinced that they were going to fall through the hell at the top of the cell. Considering <laughs> it's the first one and it's... Uh, the cell is in the the best condition it could possibly be in terms of it's had no one on top of it. It looks like quite rickety when they're stood on top. I think it it does. And when he when he lands, you could easily see him going for it. Yeah. It's fair to say the crowd at this point are going absolutely mental as well. Yeah. Well, they've never they're seen just, anything like this before. No, right? they're. 
the the whole point of the match was there's no escape, so they can't have been expecting them to go on top of the cell. They were living it. That yeah. one guy who cannot stop, or one guy or woman who cannot stop whistling. <laughs> do not, do not, want, do not try watching it with headphones in like I did second time around. It's just non-stop, just whistling. It's like yes, we know you can whistle. It's great. Just stop. <laughs> maybe, maybe learn it specifically for this event, and he's just showing off his uh, his newfound skill. Yeah, maybe with the cage as well. As you were saying, it's it's the best condition ever it'll ever ever be in. That makes that does just make me wonder. Do they have just a warehouse they keep these in, or do they just buy them when they need them? I was always under the impression that they had maybe one or two. Uh, well, I doubt they'd have two at this point. So I think the first like three Hell in a Cell matches are. I have always thought they'd be in the same one because it yeah. doesn't happen that often. So why would they bother? Like, well, just in case we ever have a Hell in a Cell match here, we'll store it in this arena. It just—it does give the added danger. You get further down the line when you've got a brute, an absolutely battered cell as well, where bits are falling off. That you can put your foot down at one point on the top yeah. and just go chop straight, chop straight through the side of it. Well, I'd prefer that rather than them replacing it with a red hell in a cell. To be fair. Yeah. But I'm sure oh, we'll God. get onto that, a, a red hell in a cell in the in the coming weeks. That's probably someone's job just to stand there spray paint it. That was their week. <laughs> oh, what a fun job that sounds. Um, so back on top of the on the cell, uh, Michaels gets his face grated against the uh, the steel. Some blood drops on the camera, and the cameraman you can just hear him say, "Ah, oh, shit!" <laughs> <laughs> because some blood just drops on his uh, on his legs. Les. Very much uh, twenty twenty eight days later style like, nice. from the bird. There's a man who's getting his uh, getting test on it yeah. following morning. Yeah. Um, Undertaker then press slimes Michaels onto the roof. Um, Michaels rolls over and starts climbing down, but Undertaker grabs him and stamps on his hands, and that sends Michaels through the Spanish announce table. He's only three quarters of the way up the, the cell, so what what we worried about? Still was brilliant, though. It really does. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen that clip a thousand times, and... It's still it's still great, yeah. mainly because of how much my I know they they must have practiced this. They must you think you think they must have a run, a run through and have a practice to make sure he's just not going to kill himself when he does it. But I'd imagine so. Even so, even so, he nearly completely misses. He, they would go right. You want to land pretty much just full on, just with it, and it's rigged so it will just go when you land on it. Yeah. So no, he he swings down, misses about three quarters of the table, and then just lands on lands on one of the monsters instead. It appears. Um, and Jr. describes it as he he may be broken in half, um, which would of course um, I I've never realised this before, but that probably plays into when uh, mankind gets thrown off, which I'm sure we'll cover. But Jr. says, as God is my witness, he's broken in half on that night. So. The theme is probably set for uh, for commentary going forward from that. Um, Undertaker comes down, throws Shawn Michaels into, I think it's the French announce table because there's, there's three, um, and then sort of press slams him back off it. Uh, we, we go into back into the cell. The door gets locked by Mr. Slaughter, uh, and Shawn Michaels is just covered in blood. 
as we say said earlier, he's a very very good bleeder. Yeah, he he, he looks completely out of it at this point, as you'd expect when you lost about five points. Yeah. Um, JR says it's only a matter of time until the most arrogant superstar in WWF history is out of commission for good. Um, all right, that's no way to talk about Bret Hart. <laughs> uh, just my my weekly Bret Hart slam there. <laughs> uh, Undertaker then choke slams him off the top rope, gets a chair, and then hits a brutal headshot. Um, the sort of headshot with a chair you, you probably will never see again now for for good reason. Uh, then yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's a sickening thud. Uh, he goes then for the, the tombstone taunt, um, and that's when we get the, the lights blacked out and an organ starts, and as JR points out, what the hell is that? I thought this was like perfectly done in terms of the, the crowd, as, as you said earlier, weren't expecting anyone to come out because the, the cell's relocked, um, so it's not like they're out of the cell uh there's no one underneath as, as we said but yeah yeah here comes uh a man that jr points out that's got to be kane yeah they do they do really they do really well for selling kane turning up because they don't they don't overdo it they don't go oh this yeah it's clearly kane this is kane yeah. okay it's got, yeah god this uh, this has to be kane and yeah they sell they sell it really well and the organ, the organ works brilliantly for the initial Kane character as well. Yeah, perfectly. So, yeah, Be- Paul Bearer's leading out a huge mass man. Um, he's got an outfit on with with fire uh, in the background. So, yes, they're they're not exactly being subtle about that. This is Kane, but they, as you say, they they don't just um, point it out immediately as the organ starts. Um, so Kane rips the door off the cell, throws Earl Hebner into it, then goes into the ring and. Taker looks a bit um, shocked and scared. Um, as he comes into the ring, I notice the the sort of red lights, um, very fiend style with some of his matches um, bef- while he was champion. And at this point, I noticed that you could see the lifts in the back of Kane's boots. <laughs> it looks like he's wearing about seven inch heels. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and have a look at that. I didn't notice. Um, I didn't. I didn't. I did notice when we have the when we have, I'll say the classic Kane pyro, but it's not a classic Kane pyro because they sort of cheaped out on the fireworks for this and the pyro for this event. Yeah. So we have a slight we have a slight we have a slight mini drizzle of explosion for it's, Kane. It doesn't make an explosion or anything. It's sort of a. <laughs> it's like someone's bought four Roman candles. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, his arms go up. The fire comes out of the um, of the ring post, but it's not the as I say. It's more of a, a wet fart <laughs> noise. Just a um, Undertaker does a good job of of selling it though. He completely spins round, like looks very confused, um, and that allows Kane to hit a tombstone. Why he has to go for a gut kick before a tombstone, I'm I'm unsure. No, and I'm also unsure why why you can't find a hard camera, and they don't use a hard camera for the shot anyway. <laughs> yeah, he, he gets him up, turns to one like turns to one side, turns to another, as you say, like, as if he's looking for a camera, and then they do it from the side anyway. It does take away out of uh, out of that. Um, Michaels uh, suddenly comes to life at this point, crawls towards the Undertaker, and gets his arm over. 
Um, Earl Hebner crawls back into the ring and does the slowest three count ever, and, and that's it. DX come out, help HBK up, and as they're going to the back, I notice Triple H making the suck it taunt to the uh, to the fans. That's not a thing yet. Stop, stop trying to make fetch happen, Triple H. Be fair, be fair with the end of this. They they do it brilliantly because Michael. We don't have Michael celebrating. He's literally. He's actually just helped dragged along. He's just an absolute mess. He does, he comes out of this looking looking strong as in the fact that he's somehow won. But and they've got bigger plans for Michaels, obviously. But Undertaker doesn't look weakened by the fact that Michaels has won this because Michaels is an absolute mess. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So the show uh, ends with Undertaker strugg- struggling to get up and Vince plugging Survivor Series. Um, what did you think of this one then, Chris? I, I loved it. I'm, I'm not going to lie, because... What's the point? <laughs> <laughs> I, watched, I watched this it twice. A, a much a much more boring <laughs> podcast, if you would Yeah, lie. exactly. I just... I come, with, the, with this and Armageddon, even though... Even though I've seen them loads before, I've still gone back and watched this twice in the last week. Once just to get back into it. Once obviously to uh, take take all the oh no, some bits and pieces here. But yeah, first time weirdly, first time I rewatched it, I found some of the the non cage based stuff kind of dull. The actual wrestling part of it. Yeah. But then when I re- then when I watched it back again. The top match has absolutely flown by. I don't know why. It's like I think the problem was I completely. You think of everything like Michaels dropping off the cell and Kane returning, and you probably, if you haven't watched it for a while, you forget about all the ring stuff. So when you first go back and watch it, you go, you're just waiting for the all the rest of it. When I then rewatched it, you go, oh yeah, actually the wrestling part of it was absolutely stellar as well. As yeah. I said, Michaels just sells. Like a champ, the Undertaker looks brilliant. The uh, Michaels still sells and still gets that heart come back kid kind of bit, and doesn't give up, and still looks has that character trait there where he does come back on Taxi Undertaker, and then we have a great ending and great parts in the spots all the way through. So yeah, um, weirdly, I say if you go back and watch it again, go watch it a second time after, and it's even better the second time round. I agree with almost everything you said there. So, yeah, Michaels does an incredible job of selling the story of um, sort of DX being formed and Michaels being the the guy that always comes out on top, even when he um, even when he's been decimated in a in a cell. Um, but the story there is great. Um, I I tend to agree with what you said about um, the the offense being a little bit dull than the non-cage related stuff but i think that plays into the story of of the match as well because it's just um undertaker like slowly picking uh picking michaels apart so although it's it's not um the most high flying or um creative offense i think it it did have a place in in this match um and the the other um the other thing to mention so it was the first ever as we talked about a couple of times and i thought that the cell being used as a weapon so going up the inside it's very creative and we don't even see that sort of thing in helena cell matches now nowadays where people use the inside of a cell to um to, as a weapon essentially not in terms of climbing up and, and dropping onto people so yeah that was really good um but I think the what really made the match was the the Kane debut. 
Um, I I think this debut is probably the the one of the best um, in WWE WWF history. Um, mainly because Kane at this point is such a complete character. So everything that you think of when you thought think of Kane is already there. So he's got the mismatched eyes. He's got the mask. Um, he's got the organ. He's got the fire. There's nothing that is added to his character um, over the years. It's things that get taken away that freshen him up. So, yeah, I, I think Kane at this point um, is a, a completely f uh, fleshed out character. And I thought they did a, a almost perfect job of introducing him. Yeah, com completely agree. agree with you. As, as you say, Kane here just looks, looks like an absolute monster when he comes in. And... Bizarrely enough, WWE do a brilliant job of keeping Undertaker and Kane separate until WrestleMania the following year. They do. So yeah, um, Undertaker stays um, stays off TV for a, a little while to to sell the effects of a tombstone, um, which is <laughs> if you could compare that to what guys do now, AJ Styles being buried alive and then being back to win the the, the Intercontinental Title. A month or two later, um, and obviously, yeah, Shawn Michaels goes on to the uh, Montreal Screwjob to win and wins the title at Survivor Series. Uh, we also Kane has his first uh, pay per view match where he beats Mankind. Um, yeah, he and he couldn't look stronger at this point in time, uh, Kane going forward. Um, what what are you going to give this one then in terms of a star rating, Chris? Right. Just be just because some of the in in ring stuff did occasionally plod along. While I appreciate it is part of the story, I did okay. I did at some points wanted to hurry up a little bit. I am still giving it a very hugely impressive four and a half stars. Okay, I was um, as with last week torn between four and a half and five. I think the main reason I would have given this one five is because. There was nothing um, to to base um, base it on, into, uh, or for them to base the match on, because obviously it's the first one. Uh, but I'm also going to go for four and a half because um, although it was very entertaining, hell of a story, it wasn't quite the chaos that we saw in the previous match. So that's why I've gone four and a half to to agree with you. Uh, Dave Meltzer gave this one five stars. Um, this was the first WWF match that got five stars and it will, it would remain the, uh, the only five star match until Cena versus Punk at Money in the Bank, um, obviously a long time later. So yeah, um, it, it's very well regarded this one. If you've not seen it before, go out of your way to go and watch it. Yeah, definitely. Couldn't, couldn't recommend it highly enough as I go back and check it out. Yeah. Uh, any any closing thoughts on this one then, Chris? Before we uh, finish the podcast. No, this I say I'm I'm really enjoying our our season in the Hell of a Cell. We've had two very strong matches straight out of the gate. So hopefully this will this will go on. You never know. We could, we could have a disaster. Second half of the season can fall apart. Yeah. But hopefully we'll go from strength to strength. Let's just while I, while I've got you here though, and I know. Depending when you listen to podcasts, will depend on how much you care about our thoughts on this next subject. Edge versus Randy Orton, the greatest match of all time. I mean, because of when we're recording, this will have happened probably three weeks ago. <laughs> so, 
Yeah. We should do it. We should do it. Dave. We should do it. Um, Euro '96. Kevin Keegan. Kevin. No, sorry. World Cup '98. Kevin Keegan on commentary. Randy Orton. Edge. Greatest match of all time. Will it be? One word answer. Um, I'm going to go no. Are you referring to quickly, Kevin? Will he score? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> there we go. A, a very good podcast if you like non-wrestling podcasts. But yeah, I'm, I'm also not expected to be the greatest of all time. I don't know why. Well, uh, Edge, in, Edge in the build-up has been <laughs> basically trolling WWE <laughs> by saying, just had the greatest um, sandwich of all time and stuff like that. <laughs> so I, I don't think he uh, agrees. Whereas Orton is going very much the other way and actively... Um, calling people out that are um, saying that it won't be the greatest match of all time so one's still arguing with Tommaso Ciampa any on Twitter yeah, yeah true yeah so that we, we could look like idiots when uh, people are listening to this because it could have gone down as the an absolute classic but well we'll we'll watch it and we'll we'll have a quick catch up on the next episode of it yeah we shall see Okay, uh, until next time then, thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed the show and our previous series um, and you know someone else that likes wrestling or did like wrestling back in the sort of periods of time that we're covering, make sure you give us a, a recommendation and yeah, get, get as many people involved as you can. Thank you as always for listening. Thank you, Chris. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been a blast, Si. Thanks for having me. Speak to you next time. <laughs>